Run your next PB at the Gold Coast Marathon in 2023. Fast, flat and scenic. There is an event distance for everyone, from the full marathon to the kids 2 and 4 kilometre junior dash. Enter now at goldcoastmarathon.com.au. Welcome to episode 289 of the Inside Running Podcast. There's no Brady this week as he's recording Road to Gold Coast with Ed Goddard and Reese Edwards, but we've replaced him with a big name in Australian distance running whose stocks are on the rise. But before we introduce them, welcome to my co-host down in Anglesey, the man who's won a few Great Ocean Road marathons, Julian the Big Moose Spence. How are you, Moose? Good, mate. It is race week down on the coast here. Buzz in do, the air. Do you uh, wish you were racing? Uh, not particularly, no. I'm not. I don't ever f- feel like that down there. I do, sometimes the morning of I do, but it's it's not it's not like a fast race, and uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It always beats you up pretty good because of the hills. So yeah. I don't really feel like I want to race on it. And I heard through the grapevine that your boy uh, Toby Mende is not going to have it all his own way uh, this year. Well, he's never won it. So he's never had it his own way, but this year he was planning on doing it as a bit of a, a cash grab. So they've still got prize money, three grand for the win of the marathon. So it's decent down there. Yeah. And and that's why uh, you can never assume you're the only one who's been on the website looking at the prize money because there are there will be a couple of others there, I think. Yeah, well, Reese Edwards, who's uh, yeah doing Road to Gold Coast, I believe he's going to um, toe the line this weekend. So He'll make it pretty honest, I'd imagine. Well, this, this, I said to Toby, I'm like, you guys are there. Neither of you want to smash yourselves. Why don't you make a little gentleman's agreement that you run the same pace until 40K and then you race for 4K? Just look, you, neither of you will beat yourself up too much. Mm-hmm. You both want a hard tempo, like you're training for other races. And like, yeah, the cash is there. But it would be so bad for them to go out hell for leather and run like a marathon they don't want to, mm. all for a bit of cash. So I reckon they could do a bit of side deal here. Well, run it, yeah, run it together and even uh, hold hands across the line and then just share share the prize money first oh. and second divided by two. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think there'd be a bit too much competitiveness for both of them there. Yeah. Both of them probably think they'd stitch each other up right now. Mm. All right. Well, let's introduce the uh, the star of this week's episode. Um, She's the current 10,000-metre national champion. She also finished 22nd at this year's World Cross Country Championships and recently set 5 and 10K PBs of 15, 19 and 31, 45 respectively while competing over in the US. 
Welcome back to the Inside Running Podcast, Liam Pompiani. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for calling calling me up to fill Brady's spot. Yeah, no, thank you for making yourself available. And like we've never actually had you on for a full-length interview, so it's a good opportunity to, to have you for the next hour and a half to obviously talk about what's happened since we last had you on, which was like probably just after Zatapec, but we can also ask you questions about, I guess, your running journey up until this point. So, um, yeah, as I said, a lot's happened since we last spoke to you. Um, and we want to recap, you know, World Cross, domestic season, pacing Nagoya and, and your recent trip to the US. But what do you reckon, Moose? We um, we start with World Cross? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, a bit of a story. Like we um, – I think I heard it on – Another podcast, perhaps I can't fully remember, but I I thought, oh yeah, this is uh this is worth talking about because it was a big it was a big kind of news item at the time. Mm. So maybe tell us like what your goals were going into the race, how the race panned out for you, and whether you walked away from World Cross feeling like happy or disappointed. Yeah, it's funny because World Cross is still to this day is on my mind <laughs> I I think the frustration of the result that I have next to my name um I think it's it's going to stay with me for a long time um but World Cross got we went into it it was it was a big build up um I had the goal of top 20 and I thought that was achievable and you know when I was running I was pretty confident that I was going to get that top 20 um, and honestly, what happened on the day wasn't um, the way I sort of eventually caught back up onto the pack. Um, obviously, those leading women weren't going, you know, full tilt. And I knew I was full aware of that, that they weren't going all out. So, <laughs> but when I caught onto the pack, I was still feeling really good. Like, I'm very aware that people, a lot of people have congratulated me um, and told me, you know, how inspiring the run was to see um an Aussie up there um but I'm also aware that a lot of people may have sort of hinted that I was overreaching or I was, I was well outside my you know capabilities but that race honestly didn't feel I wouldn't say did not feel any harder than any other 10k but at no point until the last 100 meters <laughs> did I feel like like I shouldn't be there like when I was running I felt pretty comfortable up until 8k it was probably with one lap to go was when I actually felt okay this is getting really hard hanging in there for another 2k but there's no 10k where at the 8k mark you feel good so to me it just felt like any other 10k I was doing really um but yeah fully fully unaware that I was actually suffering from heat stroke um and I didn't even know in that last 100 meters everything just fell apart <laughs> and it was the hardest thing because at that point my mind I was aware what was happening you know my muscles were just not connecting nothing my brain to my muscles was just it was not happening um yeah didn't know it was heat stroke at, at no point in the race did I actually feel like hot or overheating um and then yeah just like I said it all just went downhill and 10 meters before the finish line, I collapsed. And that's the last thing I remember. Actually, the very last thing I remember is I hit the deck and then I see a green and gold singlet fly past me. <laughs> and 
that is the very last thing I remember. So I don't even remember finishing, uh, crossing the finish line. So the, the point where you go through the tyres, like coming back up through through that windy section, like you, like in terms of your um, like mental capabilities, like you were still like fully functioning and, you know, like aware of everything, like there was yeah. no, no sign that you were going to collapse at that point. Yeah, I did not think, like obviously it was very close to the finish. I was very tired. So just like in any race, it was just pushing to the finish line. But once I sort of came out of the chicane, to come down to the finish just my muscles just stopped working pretty much mm. <laughs> and I knew like at that point I was still like conscious of what was happening but nothing was connecting <laughs> yeah. hey Moose I don't know about you but like the last time I saw Leanne on the last lap was down near the mud pit and it was like one of those ones where during the race you're like what am, what am I watching here it's like there's an Aussie girl in the front pack and she still looks really good. Like mm. I, yeah, at, at the bottom of that hill going through the mud, I thought, yeah, like she's, you know, yes, the top girls will pull away, but I certainly didn't expect her to end up the way that she did. Like where did you see her on the last lap? Yeah, well, my thought process was the first time maybe I saw her up there, I thought, oh, boy, she's really going for it. Um, she's gone out too hard. Like, that, and I think nearly everyone around us was like, what's going on here? Like, she's running oh, with look, the front group. And, and I was when, sort of questioning that. Should I be here? <laughs> if you look at the, um, like, the pedigree of the girls in the top group, then you, then it, it, it's like, well, perhaps you're outside your, um, your league here just based off PBs. And that's kind of all we have to go off, really. And, 100%. And, yeah. And so the first lap, I was like, oh, shit, she's, she's got a rush of blood. And she's, <laughs> I'm not sure if this was in your plans or not, but it felt like maybe it was a bit of a rush of blood to, to leave the second group and get up to the first group. Uh, like maybe first kind of international experience race <laughs> and, and the adrenaline's kind of got the best of you at the bottom of that first hill where you've, where you've almost closed the gap. Um, and then as the laps went on, you looked really comfortable. Like we were on the fence each time and I'm like, she's, she looks good. She looks really good. Like I don't, I know it's warm out, but she looks fine. And then the last lap down the bottom on the, uh, mud, I think you dropped off the group a little bit, but by that mm. stage, heaps of girls had dropped off. Cause like, that's where the, the moves were being made. And, um, it's only 1500 meters to the finish really by the time we saw you at the bottom of that mud pit and that's doable. Like you can hold on there. I mean, yeah, there's some pretty solid Hills in there, but I, I fully thought that, uh, that you, you, you nailed it. Mm. And, um, it was a matter of meters. We know this. (laughs) And I wonder if psychologically, like you see the finish line and all of a sudden, like, cause it happens so often is that you you hold on until the finish straight. And you see a lot of examples of it worldwide in triathlon and, and marathons, everything, where as soon as someone realises they're at their end, like their body just goes, okay, we're there, mm. finish now. <laughs> yeah. So what, so what was it like when you crossed the line? Like when did you start remembering things after that and how long did it take to like fully recover from that experience? Yeah, so I, I, I can say I don't remember yet crossing the finish line or any moment sort of thereafter. Um, when my memory comes to, I was in an ice bath. I don't know how long I'd been in there. Um, 
sort of came to and the the physios and the medical team there were so good. Um, they were obviously prepared for this to happen. They knew it was going to be hot. So they had ice baths. Um, yeah, so they'd taken off my shoes. I was in there. Um, actually, Hugh Williams was one of the uh, physios helping out there on the day. So he was a familiar face in the tent. Um, but I was so delirious, delusional. I was just saying random things. <laughs> um, didn't even know what I was saying. I was actually so cold in the ice bath. I was asking to get out, but my temperature was still, my temperature got to 41.7 and it wasn't really budging when I was in the ice bath until they started moving the cold water around. Um, yeah, so then my, my temperature slowly started dropping and it was in the ice bath. It sort of, after a few minutes of sitting there, it clicked and I thought, hang on, I don't even remember finishing. So I was asking them, I said, oh, did I finish? And they said, yeah, yeah, you got up and you finished. And I was just, I just told them how, because I can't remember it. <laughs> mm. and, um, do you, and do you walk away from that experience, like, proud of the way th- that you run? Like, because there's not many people that can push themselves to that limit. Most people go, hey, um, I'm cooked here. I'm going to basically slow down and, and get to the finish line and, and not pass out. So uh, does that make you proud or does it sort of scare you that you could go there again? Well, I feel like I was, I'd be like anyone else. And I've always said, you know, when I saw Pat Pin and what he did at the Olympics and I was like, oh, like how can someone push themselves that hard? Like I, I could never push myself that hard. But it's, you just do. When I was in that moment, you just do. Um, <laughs> I think because I was so close and even probably up to nine and a half K of that race, I was so confident. I because I had a few people around the course call it like, you know, yelling out to me what position I was in. I think at that point I was 16th um, and it would have been 15th because G'day got uh, disqualified. So we'll say 16th. And I was so confident coming through, you know, nine and a half. I thought I like, I was just telling myself like, I've got this, like how can anything happen? What can happen now that I'm going to lose all this? Um, Yeah. And honestly, the crowd was just insane the noise of the crowd that day like I honestly I don't know what it's like at the Olympics or any other major championship but that was the craziest thing ever because everyone was right next to the fence just screaming and for me every lap every time I came around the noise just got louder like it was yeah it was next level eh? (laughs) what was the best bit of the course like the best bit for the crowd? Uh, best bit for the crowd, oh, yeah, obviously the bottom section. Um, probably the loudest bit was when you're sort of coming around before the sprinklers in the mud pit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Because we're sort of running along the fence to take the shortest line, but all the spectators are right there. So they're literally yelling in your ear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, other than, you know, the last you know, a couple of hundred metres, you're, you're clearly well prepared for this course. Like, what do you put that down to? Was there anything in particular that you're doing in training? Yeah, um, obviously Canberra's pretty good for cross-country training. Um, a lot of hills, a lot of sort of long, like long efforts over hills. Um, I didn't really change too much. I can't really remember my training now for it, but Probably just including a lot more of, yeah, 
a lot of the heels. We're out at Stromlo a lot. Um, but yeah, and yeah, to answer your question before, I am I am proud of that race, but obviously I still think about you know my name, the number that's next to my name. Yeah, doesn't really reflect what I feel that that run was, but it was a it was a good run. Yeah, and I've got one more question regarding World Cross. Like, um, what did the days and weeks after that look like? Like, how long did it take for you to feel back to 100%? Yeah, it was a bit of a – we didn't really know as well. We didn't really know what to expect, like, you know, should – because I, I didn't end up being taken to hospital afterwards. Um, the physios did check up on me the next um, couple of days. But honestly, yeah, I had – massive headache the night you know after um after the race everyone went out I don't know if you heard about everyone going out after world cross for a bit of a party and I went out too but I just I had just the worst headache which continued the next day and just recovery was just slow like and it was it's hard to describe like I was just yeah I was struggling to run for for a couple of weeks which I think you know, I think we'll get to, but um, I did run the bridge in Hobart, which in hindsight I, I probably shouldn't have done, but obviously when there's a bit of money up for grabs, sometimes you just do it. Um, but, yeah, recovery was slow. I, I didn't feel like myself running for a couple of weeks. Yeah. What what was going on, though, with the runs? Were you um, Was your heart rate high? Were you fatiguing or legs um, soreness? Or what, what was the symptoms? Yeah, really hard to describe, just almost like my – head wasn't connected to my body if that makes sense like and and also um one thing I read about heat stroke about afterwards is that you are more susceptible to the heat after and that was one thing going for runs I I did not enjoy feeling hot at all (laughs) as soon as I started feeling hot I thought oh it's not a nice feeling but um yeah weird hard to describe I just yeah I just didn't feel like myself, like my brain was just not connected to my body. <laughs> so then with the domestic season, so you mentioned run the bridge and then um, you would have, how many races did you end up missing as a result of World Cross? Because you would have gone down and done something at maybe um, like Melbourne or um, yeah. like the Nas- National 3K you missed as well? Yeah, yeah. So the um, the 3K at the Mori Plant Meet, which was, Five days later, there was no way of doing that. I was still, yeah, not running, not moving very well. Um, I w- actually, I went to Melbourne and I watched it, um, and I was looking at the girls that, uh, like Rose and Caitlin, and I thought, I do not know how you are running a three k right now. <laughs> uh, so I missed that, and yeah, yeah, the national three k. Yeah, and then nationals in Brisbane finished third in the five k. Talk us through that race. Yeah, it was a bit of a um, – wasn't, you know, super happy with the result. I mean, third is good, but the race was – when you've got Jess Hull running, you don't know. Obviously, you know she's super fit, so she can win it from, you know, gun to tape or she can sit in and kick and win it. So <laughs> uh, it was kind of just see what she does. And when she went straight out of the um, – when the gun went and, and just – took it out um I think Rose and I both knew that at that point oh we'll we'll just be running for second and third place now um weird time of day it's 
a bit of an awkward time of day to run a 5K, but that's okay. We don't make the schedule. <laughs> what time was it? What time was it? It was like 4 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. 4 o'clock. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The sun was sort of coming down right in our eyes. And, um, yeah, so um, evening races would be nice, but that's okay. Um, but, yeah, the, that's, that's another uh, national medal, so I can't complain. Yeah. You got any questions on that nationals, Moose? I've got one that – I feel like um, I've been talking a lot. Well, my question is uh, more around like the 5K. So mm. it's not specifically for the nationals, but the times are so hard, the qualifying times, um, but it kind of seems like you're interested in having a crack at them. Do you feel like it's realistic, the, the qualifiers for you to achieve? Yeah, it is tough. Um, for me, I think it's getting in a race. I, I also think I need more experience with the 5K. I, I haven't done too many, and I feel like every time I do them, I don't. I do a lot of work at 10K pace, and I feel like you know 10K on the road, I know how to run it. But 5K on the track, I just haven't figured it out. <laughs> I think I just need to do more, um, get the feel of it, get to know what I can do, you know, per lap, um, and then I mean, obviously, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the US trip. But I think there's a lot to work on in that five, but. Yeah, if I get reasonably close to the qualifier or, you know, sort of within, um, you know, in the rankings or something, I'd, I'd probably work. Uh, we'd probably change some things up in training for a little bit more 5K specific. But I think the biggest thing for me, I just need to do more 5K. Yeah. My question about nationals was, you know, you're one of the best runners that we have in this country. And then you see what Jess Hull does at, at nationals. Is that like demoralizing for you to see somebody like just run off on you know into the distance or is it sort of quite inspiring going okay that's that's where I I need to be like I know that I need to improve if I want to be on the world stage because I'd imagine you know being one of the best in the country you'd like to think that you're going to compete with everybody but then when she does that to the field how does it make you feel it's a bit of both it's a bit demoralizing but and but then a bit inspiring because you know that, you know, if other Aussies are, do it, are doing it, then so can we. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my training at the moment is a little bit more 10K specific. But in saying that, I think I feel like my, my 5K can improve even off what I'm doing right now. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it's a bit of both, a little bit demoralising, a little bit, I think, uh, you know, when we come up against Jess, I think it's a little bit of a mindset thing. Sometimes you can go into it being like, oh, you can go into it getting, you know, being beaten already, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of what I've got to change. Um, you know, when you see who's on the start line, you can't think, well, they're going to win, so we'll just race for a second. I think, yeah, yeah you got to go into it thinking that maybe you just give it a crack and go with them one day. I don't know. <laughs> So you mentioned that your training sort of like definitely more suited towards the longer stuff. And um, I got quite excited when I saw that you were heading to Nagoya to pace the marathon because like after watching you at Zatapak, like I just feel that down like in the future, you're definitely going to make a very good like half marathon marathoner. So you went over to Nagoya to pace the marathon. Can you tell us how that opportunity came about and whether you enjoyed it or not and whether you can see yourself, you know, stepping up to the marathon sooner rather than later. Yeah, so this was a good um, – when this came about, I think 
there are a couple of athletes. I think Sinead and Charlotte were down as pacing, but both were injured. So needed someone else to do a pacing job and someone that can run um, the paces required. So Nick called, called me up and asked me if I'd uh, want to do it. And, of course, I said yes because, yeah, marathons are what, what I want to do in the future. So this is a perfect, you know, foot in the door, especially in the Japan running scene, Japanese running scene. Um, and, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I was pretty stressed about <laughs> the whole pacing because obviously fair enough that you can actually you can run that pace but can you run the pace you know as they want it um it was re- I really loved having Ellie there because we get along so well and she was just giving me you know she was reassuring me giving me a lot of advice about pacing and you know she's sort of telling me like oh don't worry about the first k that's all- that one's always quick just after the first k then you find your groove um but yeah really enjoyed it and definitely Doing a marathon in Japan is something I'm very interested in doing if it's not, you know, if it's not my debut marathon um, somewhere thereafter. So what pace were you asked to go through half and how far did you go? Uh, so I, went, I ended up going to 25K um, and that was the pack. Uh, so I had Izzy sitting right beside me or right behind me. Um, what did we do? I think we had 73 three minutes and yeah we went through halfway in about 10 seconds quicker 70 72.50 and when you got to 25k would you been confident of continuing for another 10k or so (laughs) it's always hard to say I mean at the time you can say yeah sure (laughs) but I know I'm full aware that a lot can happen (laughs) from pretty much 25k 25 to 30 onwards so I'd say yes, but also probably not. <laughs> what um what were your takeaways from seeing a marathon up close? Like what what did you learn? And, and um obviously like you're a road runner, like you're very good on the the road, and we can <laughs> our ladies are so good at the marathon now. It's it's almost like everyone. It's just kind of the pathway. Um, we can probably chat about more about that, but. What seeing a marathon, an elite women's marathon up close, what what did you come away from that thinking? A few things. Um, definitely drinks, gels, all that kind of stuff. Definitely will need to because I I don't even take gels on long runs yet, which Ellie was very surprised to hear. So <laughs> a good start would just be starting with gels on a long run, even now for thirty k long runs, um, mm. just start getting used to it. Um, and just the thought of, yeah, trying to carry a bottle while running at that pace to me sounds just annoying. So <laughs> getting yeah. used to that. But also, I feel like it's a tough one for, for people that are in the middle of two paces. So when you've got two different, you know, there were only two pace groups there. So a lot of the women were, okay, well, we're either going to run with the first pack. And a lot of them, it was too fast or run with the second one that for some of them, it was also too fast, but maybe a little bit too slow, which is probably the better option. But it's, yeah, and then it's sort of, so go with a pack and then, you know, when everything, when people start to split up, it's, it's sort of then, then you've got to, you've got to do it yourself. Find your own mm. sort of, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, the whole, the whole pacing. Um, and and I, I realised as well that when you first start, you know, when you start running, 
the first 10k just felt so easy and like I was almost getting a little bit bored if that makes sense yeah <laughs> not bored but just you know impatient and I think that's something I'm definitely going to have to learn is just just be patient because <laughs> it's a long way so yeah I'll definitely have a lot of things to learn so just like into that pacing thing um what did you come away thinking? Do you think that the person that, that's in between two packs should stay in between two packs and run their own pace, or do you think they should decide on one pack or the other? I I honestly don't know. I And that's that's where I'd need my coach's help because <laughs> I don't know. If it was up to me, I wouldn't know what to do. I If, if I, yeah, sometimes, I mean, like, like Eloise, I wouldn't say that was um, a poor choice in pace group because she felt like she could run that but sometimes it just just doesn't click on the day and then and maybe in hindsight you're like oh I should have run with the the second pack and picked it up later but you never know until you try it so Mm. (laughs) um but yeah honestly I I don't know that's where I'd have to call the coach to tell me what do I do (laughs) and and on the and on the marathon like have you and Des like sat down and spoken about when you'll likely debut um Sort of. I mean, we're sort of thinking potentially next year, early next year, um, which sounds really close to me. Um, I think I told him I still really want to just get my 10K and half marathon time down. Um, yeah, even quicker. So then I feel more co- – obviously, it's marathon's a totally different race. But um, just for a bit of confidence, just work on my 10K and half marathon and even 5K um, while I am at the moment. You there? Oh, yeah. Sorry, oh. did you? I think you just dropped out for a bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so you just want to work on your 10K and half marathon? Yeah, yeah, and then um, potentially yeah, early next year. Okay, cool. Um, we'll move on to the US trip because I f- find this quite fascinating when uh, athletes go over and race internationally, like just with their how they set up their camps, where they mm-hmm. train. And so it was about five or six weeks ago. Um, the first thing that I noticed was the Instagram post about – all of the, uh, I guess, Australian ASICs-based athletes being under <laughs> the umbrella of Team Tempo Run, um, and you're obviously an ASICs-sponsored athlete. Can you talk us through the dynamic of that? Because we sort of associate Team Tempo as like Adam Didick's group in in South Australia, um, and you're obviously here in Canberra coached by Des Proctor. So, yeah, yeah can you explain that dynamic? Yeah, so Team Tempo, obviously, yeah, they they have their um, South Australian group that is sort of um, coordinated and coached by Adam. Um, and those of us, like myself, um, James Hansen, who's also on board, um, Aaron, my partner, um, yeah, we can continue with our, our own coaches, but we're under the yeah Team Tempo um, sort of team, just not coached by Adam. But Adam helps, you know, organize us coordinate um yeah yeah and so then um asics have like a budget for these overseas trips is that right so asics basically fund the trip over there um no not entirely it's um a lot of it's self-funded um adam helps us you know with the races with the schedules um for this trip yeah it was mostly self-funded um but yeah and so you're based over in Flagstaff. Um, so before we get to the racing, can you talk us through what it's like to train in Flagstaff, how you'd compare it to, say, training here in Canberra? 
Yeah. Um, well, my first experience in Flagstaff in 2018, I pretty new to run. I was pretty new to running then, and didn't really know what I was doing. I went with uh, Philo Saunders' group, um, and I totally cooked myself that first time. So I had a pretty bad experience the first time, but this time was much better. Uh, we had good weather. Um, yeah, it was myself, Aaron Parker, Andre Waring, and Isaac Kane. Um, so it was just a small group of us uh, just in an Airbnb. The running is very good, but I don't know if I'm biased here, but I still think Canberra beats it. <laughs> mm, there you go. If, Can- <laughs> if Canberra was at high altitude, I think this would be the running mecca. But <laughs> um, pretty, pretty good. I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it was a good setup and we had, um, you know, the, the Americans over there are all super inviting, super welcoming. Um, we predominantly used the NAU track, which was tough for workouts. Um, but we just sort of had to get over it, that it was going to be slower. (laughs) Um, last time we spoke, Leanne, we talked about you potentially getting an agent. Do you, do you have Mm. someone working with you now? Oh, I don't, but that has come up a few times, just some people asking me um, about that. So it, that is one thing that's been on my mind. Um, I just, I think I've, I haven't felt quite yet uh, the need for one. And I think as soon as I feel like, yep, I need an agent to, for that, to get into that race, that's when some conversations will be had. <laughs> Do what, you, don't you, um, what don't, don't you feel? You think... What don't you feel like you're at that stage? Like thirty-one forty-five. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know if it's a bit of like yeah. Uh, I haven't done much yet. <laughs> haven't yeah. I I don't know. I I've, I Andre Waring was telling me, um, you know, he was shocked that I still haven't got one, and he was telling me I should, and I said yeah, yeah. When I get home, I'll I'll consider it, but I just. I don't really know what I'm waiting for. <laughs> do you? What are you doing for work now? Um, I'm part-time gym manager. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. You, I mean, you probably. I mean, you're at that sort of level where you could potentially get a contract with a with a company that, like. Yeah. Uh, I think. Mm. An agent could sort of hook you up with maybe a deal like that. That might be hard to negotiate yourself. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, I, and I'm aware that's as well where they come in handy. But I think um, I was really hoping my two races over in the States uh, were going to be a little bit better than they ended up being. And I thought if I can run really quick, you know, maybe something will come of it. But I think I was just a bit, yeah, as well, disappointed with my results. What do you put that down to? Like, is it just, um, like, hard going from – training at Flagstaff or uh, the races weren't set up right. So you, what, you're on 15, 19 for the, so for the 5K and then 31, 45. So you want to talk, talk through those races? Yeah, the 5K, um, so that was sort of right in the middle of the um, sort of the camp. So we just went down for that um, at Peyton Jordan and, yeah, pretty much flew back home the next day. Um that one again, like I was saying, I just I need to do more five Ks. I just didn't really know. The pace is a little bit unfamiliar to me. Doing the five K pace, um, it's a little bit strange. It's a little bit slow, and then the leading lady just threw in like a sixty-eight 
second lap and I was like, oh, I can't do that. So I was just, I was a little bit lost in that one. And the 10K, in previous years, <clears throat> the sound running 10K was a big thing. Um, and for whatever reason this year, neither the men or the women was, yeah, there wasn't really much hype. There weren't m- many entries. Uh, we had eight women finish the race and it was just mentally, um, I was, you know, I was, I felt like I was ready. I feel I'm better than 31.45 and I was, you know, ready to run faster than that. But I was sort of relying on having a pack to follow. And when that didn't happen and I ended up by myself, I think mentally I almost just gave up. I thought, oh, no, this isn't how I was going to run it. And then, yeah, yeah, it just, yeah, like I said, it just didn't really go how I was planning it to go. So. (laughs) And do you find it hard, like, because you're away for, what, maybe four or five weeks, do you find it hard being away from home and living out of a suitcase or you, you feel like you could comfortably do that for six months of the year? Um, six months is a long time <laughs> to be living out of a suitcase, but, but one, you know, a few months is definitely doable. I really enjoy just having more time, <laughs> you know, and I think like, you know, like most people in the world, you know, it's, especially people that are trying to run, it's get up, run, work, mm-hmm. go home, lie down for, you know, an hour before training again, go run. Um, and that's sort of every day. So it was nice just to be able to not be in a rush for anything. Yeah. Um, Moose, any more questions on um, that trip? Yeah, I reckon. Um, no, not about that trip. I reckon we uh, started so reckon, about- Yeah, or well, why yeah. don't we, because we've bombarded with Leanne with so many questions, why don't we go <laughs> to your training week and then we can give Leanne a bit of a rest and then we can go back to what she's been doing since she got home. Yeah, all right. Head to the Gold Coast for a fast, flat race this July. Whether you're looking for a personal best time or a winter break with the family, the Gold Coast Marathon on the 1st and 2nd July has it all. The weekend of events includes a distance for everyone, the Gold Coast Marathon, CPL Wheelchair Marathon, ASICS Half Marathon, Southern Cross University 10K, CPL Wheelchair 10K, Gold Coast Airport 5K, and the Health and Wellbeing Queensland 2 and 4 Kilometre Junior Dash. It's fast, it's flat, and it's scenic. Enter now at goldcoastmarathon.com.au. Got your Strava there ready? Yeah, it's uh, pretty quick. Um, So I had my back that I hadn't run for seven days. Monday still had off running. Um, Tuesday morning, I decided to to get out. So I I drove down to the beach, uh, like just down the coast a little bit, Urquhart's Bluff, and um, I decided to walk the dog slash have a light sort of jog um, just around on the beach. So it was real low tide, quite a nice sunrise. And, um, yeah, the, the sand's pretty hard around this section of beach. You can only get around there on low tide. So I decided to have a little jog, took the shoes off, went barefoot and just rock hopped pretty slow go and you can see like 648 so that's that's a bit of walking and a bit of jogging um but it was nice to get the body moving a little bit it didn't feel great got pretty sore calves and sore shins and and feet from just even 20 minutes of of jogging barefoot on the beach uh it was freezing cold too so my feet got really cold but it was nice i went for a swim afterwards then 
the next day I went and saw the osteo who this was a good treatment. I felt good after this. So I ran 20 minutes. Still felt like I felt like I was on the way back. I wasn't perfect. Uh, next day, 45 minutes. Definitely felt good on this run. And then as I sort of progressed through the week, I did another 10K, same pace. I started to feel like my um, right hip was locking up because my back was still a little nasty and my glutes were just so spasm still that it just it wasn't smooth and I, I started to get a bit of a hip tightness and and tfl was really sore and uh my lower back started to get sore again so i, I took a few more anti flams the next few days saturday ran 10k again and then felt really good by sunday so sunday we got i got out for the group run we ran 20k over the hills Oh, there was a 20k loop which I was in, um, so 90 minutes worth, and yeah, it's good to be back in the group. Felt fine on this run. Last 10 minutes, started to get a bit of a niggly Achilles. I think it was just because I'd been, I, my glutes weren't working properly, like they were so tight, and I was I was using my calves so much to to propel me forward that my Achilles just got a little sore because of that. Mm. Um, sign of old age moose i reckon when you have a couple of days off and you start getting all these other niggles where yeah. whereas when you're young you could have three weeks off and you come back and you run and everything's fine but when you're old a couple of days and everything just seizes up on you yeah i know it was eight eight nine days of running before i was back at it actually nine or ten maybe um so yeah that that played a part uh, and and i wasn't just not running like i was i couldn't even walk so I wasn't loading my foot and ankle at all. It was I was just sedentary basically, it, and it's not good to just jump straight back into it. But I, I mean, I was thinking 10k is okay, but it clearly wasn't. So I've, I, I went for a uh, 8k jog today, and the last mile I started feeling my um, Achilles again. So I didn't do the double I was supposed to, and just got. I'm um, hopefully I just get on top of it. How's the mindset given, you know, you're building pretty well, like it's thrown together a good, I don't know, what, six, eight weeks, fitness was building, ready to sort of up the mileage, mm. getting ready for, you know, I guess this is the period now where you're getting ready to train for Berlin and yeah. now you have this sort of setback, like how are you feeling about that? I was frustrated. That was the main thing. Like my main, my main fear was kind of grumpiness, anger. I, I wasn't ready to have this time off mm. and and now like with this little achilles it put me in a really bad mood all day because i don't get to test it again until tomorrow uh and and it's just this the feeling of unknown about the the injury that's the that's the worst bit like if i had a if i had a niggle i would be able to go to work on rehabbing it but i, I can not feel the achilles at any point outside running like i can do one one leg hops on it all the way around the house i can hop up the stairs on one leg and not feel it and so i feel like it's fine but i know that it's not because i felt it at the end of the run uh so i'm just in this unknown space i'll know, I'll know more tomorrow but you won't when do you reckon you'll will you try and do a session tomorrow yeah yeah i will okay um i don't i don't see why like i can all the tests on it are fine, and I've got a feeling that it might just be a pressure thing from the, the shoes. 
I'd also worn these shoes probably a little longer than I'd normally wear a pair of shoes. So it's time to put some new ones on. Uh, I was actually wearing the ASICS Super Blast. Do you wear that shoe, Leanne? <laughs> I wear it a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> solid shoe. Um, I'll ask you a question about that later, Leanne, about that shoe. <laughs> but Very I, good. It could be a bit soft for me after a bit of wear. And, and that's, that may be what's affecting it. So I'm going to br break out a new pair of shoes tomorrow, put a heel raise in, and just see what happens. It could also just be a load thing with it, Moose. Like I know that if I don't run for a period of time, like my Achilles at the moment are like the best they've been for years. But I guarantee if I took a week off, I reckon my Achilles would start to like stiffen up a little bit because they haven't had the load that they're used to. Yeah, the, that, that would be okay. And I'll be all right with that if it wasn't if it didn't come on later in the run. Mm, like if it yeah. was came on at the start of the run and got better, I'd be all right with that. But um, this is the opposite, and it remind gives me flashbacks to that 2021 trip that I, like where I was I had it when it was nasty for a, a few months in a row. Um, just gives me the same sort of feel. So I've got to be careful. Yeah. So 59.1k for for last week. Um, yeah, and this um, this post like that I put up, hard work being the smartest in the group. So I, I pulled a gel out, pure sports nutrition actually. They're quite nice, these things. They've got like little like um, fruit juice in them. And I said, oh, yeah, this one's cola nut. And everyone's looking at me going, what are you talking about, cola nut? Like cola doesn't come from a nut, as if I was like a, a moron. And uh, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it says cola nut. And, uh, geez, I copped some shit for like probably only five to ten minutes until I stopped running. And then I stopped at the end. I'm like, no, no. It, the ingredients list says cola nut extract. So there is a nut called cola, and that's where they get this flavor from. Would you have thought that? No, I wouldn't have. No, you would have been one giving me shit at the but end this, of the run. But this is, yeah, but this is your job. Your own running, you own a running store. You should know all this stuff about gels. Well, this isn't. This is. This is just. This is more like um, trivia, I reckon. But like, you've been on did, a, yeah, you've been on a bit of a roll lately with having the last laugh. You had, you know, you got us last week with, um, yeah, your pick of Archie Noakes. That was good. Yep. You blokes didn't even give me a sniff there. <laughs> no, no. And Zach is going to lose his job if he keeps pumping you up with those posts it. as well. <laughs> I love it. I slip him a 50 every time he does that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, anything else to add from your week or we move on to what Leanne's been up move, to since she on. got back? Move all on. right. So, Leanne, you started last week over in the US. Um, yeah, I did. I know it's not a standard week for you because it included some travel, but do you want to let us know what you did last week? Yeah, okay. So my week, yeah, not particularly exciting. Um, so yeah, uh, Monday I did, uh, one hour with Aaron. We were still, this is before we flew home. So we just did 434s, uh, round along the beach in LA. Then we had a travel day. So we were we skipped Tuesday and we're back Wednesday. Um, we didn't do much when we got home Wednesday. We weren't really in the mood, uh, 40 minutes at 445s, um, just in the bush, which was nice. Um, decided to take the week, yeah, decided to use this week as a bit of a down week, um, just because I don't usually take many sort of down weeks. And, um, yeah, so I only did one workout this week, which was Saturday. 
So um, Thursday, I just did 18K, uh, one of my favorite loops actually from home, uh, 385 meters elevation. Um, don't know the pace, but an hour 20. Um, really enjoy that one. Um, and then I went to Sydney that evening, went back to Sydney um, to do a, an ASICS Rebel promo shoot for the new Kayano's coming out. Um, so I got in pretty late and, yeah, wasn't feeling it, but just did 7K on the treadmill, 4.30s. Um, Friday, yeah, it was a big day of shooting. So I don't know, it was, um, it was a video shoot, so I was doing a lot of strides, I guess you could say. Um, so I don't know how many Ks I would have clocked up doing strides, but it was pretty tiring. Um, but I knew if I drove home first, that when I get home, that I really would not feel like running. So I decided just to get it done once the shoot was finished. Um, so I sort of ran oh, Marubra to Coogee, um, 54 minutes at 4.35. Um, and then Saturday was the one and only session of the week, decided to get back into it. So this is like a typical, um, this is sort of what we bring in in the winter. Um, and I may have mentioned this last time on was on the podcast. I sort of, I probably briefly mentioned this is what we do. So this was at um, Coolerman Ridge, which I think you actually ran here a few weeks ago um, yeah, run there for a once. long run. Yeah, 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 early, yeah. Early in the year, my first time there. Yeah, you ventured over to the south side. <laughs> yeah, my once once a year trip. <laughs> it's um a really uh yeah really scenic loop. Um, but obviously we're not there to look at the views. Um, so we do sort of like a progressive. It's um it's pretty hilly, but we yeah just progressive, no stopping. We just start sort of roughly at the 4k mark we just start picking it up um yeah so that was 16k it's one of those ones that really doesn't look good on Strava or anything but because we do it so often we know what we regularly you know we know what our best time is we know what we normally run for it so it's um yeah it's more for our own this one actually felt pretty good having a week of not doing much I actually felt really strong and I closed the last k the quickest I've ever Close the 16k progressive run, so I was pretty happy with that. Three uphill um, up or downhill at the end? It is a slight downhill, so <laughs> so you do feel pretty good when you're doing it. But um, yeah, no, that's good. And we had uh, Zoe Buckman has actually joined our group, so um, she was out there for the first time. She wants to, you know, yeah, build some fitness. She wants some people to run with, and we've got a pretty good group going at the moment. We're all very motivated, so um yeah she'll be my first female training partner ever so <laughs> hopefully it um yeah works out for both of us she done um, many, she wouldn't have done many 10 mile kind of tempo runs before would she no yeah so she did 12 that day but yeah I, i'm i don't really know what she's she normally does but um yeah she said she's definitely yeah it was definitely tough and um hopefully hopefully the group can drag her along um, so that was a good day. Um, doubled, oh, I did a 2K, a little shuffle, cool down. Um, doubled that afternoon, um, 7K, 4.49, so that was slow. And then just a long run, I did 29K at 4.31s with 490 metres elevation. Um, 
So it was 113 for the week. Um, I've yeah. only actually, so I only just started following you on Strava today. But one, one, one thing <laughs> I've noticed though, you. yeah, you're that's true. Yeah, restricted. <laughs> you, you only follow four people. Four people only follow me. I'll follow you. Sorry, yeah, that's right. You yeah. only let four anyone. people follow you. <laughs> I feel honoured. Yeah. So who's the other three then? Uh, my coach. Yeah. Fair um, enough. Aaron Parker and uh, Harrison McGill. Oh wow! And <laughs> and me. Oh, and you. I figured I'd let you follow me. You know, seeing as I was doing this tonight. And then you'll, and then you'll block me tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, one. One. Thing I, one thing why I reckon you're going to be a really good marathoner is I was looking back through like your last year and like you've got some really, really good periods of mileage, like, you know, regularly over 160K and like a good good midweek long run and even like the odd, um, you know, two hour 15, two hour 30 long run with some decent like climbing in it. So I can see why you're able to sort of pull away at Zatapak just with that strength. And so it's going to, you know, put you in good stead, I reckon, for that half and, and the marathon, which, you know, is obviously not far away. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I, I do enjoy – I feel like I do pretty well at high mileage. I think my coach sometimes worries that, um, you know, if I'm doing, you know, 160 to 170, sometimes the quality of my sessions might, yeah, might not be as good as if I was running, I don't know, 140 um but yeah it's all yeah trial and error and what's the standard week in winter look like for you so so you mentioned sort of what you do on a saturday but what's a tuesday and a thursday look look like from a session point of view yeah um i think we're still gonna stay on the track on tuesdays so in some of the we're, we're at the track on tuesdays um and i think we're looking at staying on the track on tuesdays just because yeah there's really no reason to neglect that part of it um and as well we've got a lot of you know we've got rather McGowan 800 meters that's still very um track focused at the moment so um we'll stay on the track and then Thursdays are pretty much the same as winter and summer it's long threshold work usually it's Stromlo yeah very good uh, and my question about the super blast do you find that you can like get rolling in those things pretty quick um yeah I enjoy them that's why I usually wear them for a long run or um yeah yeah, I I love them. I'm I've clocked so many Ks in them in Flagstaff. I'm just about to order a new pair. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um. All right. Well, I might whip through my week. Um. Yeah, I had an interesting week with a little bit of a health scare. Uh. Late. Um. Which we'll get to. Um. Yes. Yeah, so off the back of Sydney Ten. Like I woke up. I had no soreness whatsoever. No DOMS. Which you know, partly the shoes, partly I just never felt like I could get into that sort of fifth gear. Um, so I, after work, ran out at Mulligan's flat, uh, bumped into Michael Chapman, who you'd know, Leanne, um, yep. who also raced Sydney 10. So um, ran sort of half an hour with him, just sort of chatting about the event, um, chatting about some Canberra runners. And um, yeah, so did like an hour at 4.19s. And then Tuesday morning, because um, I raced on the Sunday, I wasn't going to do a session till the Friday. So I just did 10 mile, um, 14, uh, 4.13s in the morning. And then I jumped on the treadmill uh, that afternoon uh, for 30 odd minutes, um, six, just under six and a half K. Then my midweek long run, I did an hour 45 uh, because I guess my focus for the next six to seven weeks is 
getting somewhat marathon fit so I can pace the lead women at Gold Coast. Um, haven't made the call yet whether I'll finish like I did last year or just pull out at 30 or 35K, but I at least want to start getting my mid- midweek long runs back up there and making my long runs um, yeah, longer and also add, add some sort of marathon pace stuff towards the end of them. So I did an hour 45 on the Wednesday, 404s, felt pretty good. Um, I guess, you know, normally I do my, my Wednesdays off the back of a session. Um, so that was that. Uh, Thursday has now become, yeah, my recovery day in a way. So I just did um, 35 minutes at 411s followed by some strides. And this is where things started to go a little bit, um, well, started to concern me a little bit. So earlier in the year, and I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast, but there was a session maybe like January or February we were at Thoroughbred Park and it was quite warm. And I was just doing a session of five, four, three, two, one minute with like 75 seconds jogging between. I got to like the three minute rep and I was running with a guy and all of a sudden I, I just felt like I wasn't getting enough air in and I was almost then starting to like feel like I was hyperventilating a little bit, which was weird because it was, you know, sort of 10K pace. So I get that if I was, you know, all out, but I wasn't at that sort of effort. I sort of mentioned to him, I'm like, oh, it's a bit weird. Um, But it sort of went away after that rep. And it's sort of just been coming on and off ever since. And so Thursday afternoon, I was out for an easy run and I had that same sort of feeling where, yeah, I wasn't getting enough oxygen in. Um, My, I could feel like the pulse in my neck sort of, um, sort of felt like the heart was sort of beating out, like moved up into my throat and was beating out the side of my neck. Um, didn't think much of it. And then went to do the session on Friday morning, warmed up, felt it a little bit while I was warming up um, to the point that I had to sort of stop talking to the person that I was, you know, chatting to. And then the session was three sets of seven minute tempo. And then I kicked down for two minutes and then have 90 seconds um, jog. Um, at the end of that and then I repeat that three times and I've done this a few times now it was like good Friday I did a similar session but it was seven and a half minute tempo two and a half minute hard and two minute jog and I was able to run like sort of three fifteens for the tempo and close to three minute k's for the for the two minute kick down so I thought uh, I should be in sort of you know I should be able to do that again so I start off and I was wearing my heart rate strap and I look down I'm running three fifteens and about two or three minutes in I'm like I'm I'm gassed. Like I cannot keep going at this pace. Same sort of feeling where I felt like I was hyperventilating, heart was up in my my throat. And then I looked down at my heart rate and it's into the 190s when like tempo for me at 315 kilometer pace is like 160. And then my watch beeped. Well, I knew towards the end of the seven minutes. I went from running 315s to end up averaging like 318s or something. And then I knew that there's no way I was going to be able to like kick down for two minutes and to the point that my two minute rep was 322s. Um, and it was like, it was a little bit scary because you know, like you train so regularly that you know what sort of range your body can handle and how it should feel. And when I'm like completely gassed running 315s for a tempo and you look down and your heart rate is 190, you know, something's not quite right. So during the 90 second jog, I turned around and just met up with um, one of my training partners who was behind me. And I thought, I said to him, look, I'll probably just run with you because I'm not even sure I'm going to finish the session. So we started the next rep. And then if you have a look, I think you've already looked at my heart rate data, Moose. It then, for the second and third sets, it pretty much goes back to like normal, like in that 160s. And so anyway, the session went 318s for the first seven minutes, 322s 
for the two-minute kick down, um, and then 4.37s for the jog. And then I felt fine after that. Like I was 3.19s for the seven minutes, 3.02 for the two minutes, close to four-minute Ks for the jog, and then 3.11s for the last seven minutes and three-minute Ks for the last two minutes. So I ended up averaging 3.19s for the 30 minutes. But when I got home, I um I made an appointment to see the doctor. So I went down around midday. Um, he then yeah checked blood pressure, um, got the stethoscope out and did some stuff. But he he sent me off for blood tests and also I've got a referral to see a um cardiologist uh, not this Thursday but the Thursday after. Uh, and so I was in two minds. It's like do I just stop running completely? But I'm like no, nah, I don't want to just not run. So I went out that afternoon and um, let me just bring up what I did that afternoon. Uh, yeah, and I had the same sort of issue, like a couple of minutes in um, was, yeah, like gasping for air. Um, but I don't, it doesn't bother me quite as much when I'm just jogging because, you know, at, at 4.20s, 4.30s, it doesn't matter if I go without, you know, a little bit of oxygen. Whereas when you're running like close to three minute Ks, you get gas pretty quick and you start to get lightheaded. Um, so yeah, I just did a lap of mulligans. Uh, what was that? Let me just bring it back up. You you didn't wear your heart rate for this, did you? The afternoon one. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Oh, you did. And so, what did your heart rate get up to? Uh, so I'll just click into. So I, I ran four fourteens for thirty six minutes out at mulligans that afternoon. And where is it? Um, it got up to so after like two minutes. It was 187. And and this isn't just watch issues, is it? No, like this, you, this is my you know strap. You know this is right. Yeah, this is but my if, strap, yeah. You know, straps can still have issues, but you know, like, oh. you could well, tell the, me if you, at that point in time, you were at a massive heart rate, yeah. even without looking. Yeah, yeah. So so the heart rate graph matches my symptoms in terms of, uh, but it's, it's different to... Like 185 when you're experiencing this when you're jogging is a different feeling to 185 when you're actually running hard. It's yeah. just yeah. Y- your heart, it almost just feels like you're not getting it, well, every beat is not getting enough oxygen out. And it gives you the same sensation that you're not breathe, you can't breathe properly because well, obviously. Think about what happens at that yeah. heart rate. Like for, forget it, your pace. This is like the equivalent of you being on your absolute limit. Mm. Like this is just you would just be full lactic right now with this sort of heart rate. Yeah. Like, and look at look at the the overall. So the graph for your full run on um Friday morning. Yeah. You could you got to take that to the cardiologist and show him. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, actually, I showed the doctor. So I had um my the Coros app and I opened it up and showed him. And I'm like, see here when it's like. 197 i'm like you know it shouldn't be that high and i was actually running faster down here when it was 160 <laughs> yeah. at the end of at the end of the session than i was here um so, so yeah, the, I, yeah i just want to make a comment yeah <laughs> you're 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 looking down and you've seen your heart rate at 197 which you've never seen before in your life right 197 yeah. you wouldn't yet you're like Ah, yeah, better kick down for this next two minutes still. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, well, I knew I wasn't kicking down. Um, but you're like, I'm going to keep trying to go harder here. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Because <laughs> at the start, well, I'm like, oh, yeah, you had a heart issue. You've gone to the doctor. You haven't, like, 
mid-rep realised you were having a heart issue and then decided to do the kick-down part of the rep. Well, I didn't, I didn't really kick down, did I? I just I just kept running, like, at a solid effort. Um, yeah, I, I guess because I'd experienced something similar, but, but this was the first time when it actually, like, because the other times it's happened, I haven't been wearing a heart rate strap or anything like that, whereas this was the first time that I was like, okay, I've got the symptoms and I've actually got some, like, evidence that something's not quite right with my heart, whereas before every other time that I've felt it, it's just been – Geez, I don't feel like I'm getting much air in at the moment. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it'd be nice to see that on mm. paper. Um, well, I mean, it's, it wouldn't be nice to see that because now you know that there's a problem. But yeah, still, like you've gone and finished the workout even knowing that your heart's all over the shop. Yeah, but, but, but you saw that the heart rate graph for the second and third sets is like perfect. Like there's I, absolutely I, I nothing know, wrong there. I know, but that night you still ran and you're like, oh, yeah, the heart's not good right now. Like yeah, heart, you can't fuck around with the heart, mate. I know. Look, it's it's silly, and like if if I was giving advice to other people, I you know wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't suggest it. Like I don't have any chest pain when it happens. It's just yeah, like my heart feels like it's up in my, my throat, and yeah. I can feel that. You know the like, whatever is it carotid artery or whatever that's in your in your neck. It just like feels like it's just bouncing out of your neck. Um. Anyway, that was Friday afternoon. So then like a few of my friends in a group chat, they're like, oh, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to keep running. Others suggested that I just like run on the treadmill. Um, yeah. So I've started like running with my phone um, just in case, but yeah. So then Saturday morning I went out to run and I, my heart rate strap wouldn't actually hook up with my watch. So I just ran and had no issues whatsoever. I did an hour, 404s um, around sort of Aranda, black mountain sort of loop then that afternoon went back out to mulligans 4:15. uh had yeah another little bit of an issue um yeah nothing and then on sunday once again my heart rate strap didn't hook up um but i wanted to go quite long and make it like just you know a pretty sort of just steady state run so i did two and a half hours at 358 um so I did 38k with like just over 400 uh, 430 metres of elevation in the Super Blast. Had a couple of gels on this run, which I often don't take gels on runs, but it, it made a massive difference. Like if I did this with no gels, like I would have just been completely, I would have bonked for sure, I reckon. But I had one after about 75 minutes and one after maybe an hour 50 or something. Um, yes, yeah, so that was my week, 156, 57, 58K. Was it was 157K. Um, yeah, like feeling feeling fit, but yeah, I'm in to see the cardiologist. Uh, yeah, in just over a week, um, they could have they actually wanted to see me tomorrow, but the they but then I said, oh, the doctor's got me to you know wants me to have a, a blood test because the doctor said things like iron and also um, thyroid can actually influence like heart palpitations and stuff. So they thought it'd be best that I get the blood test done and the results before I go to the cardiologist. Yeah, okay. Because I remember what I used to get, the atrial fibrillations or something. Yeah. Um, and he would be out running and all of a sudden his heart rate would be at like 220. Mm. And and he knew he, he would go to the hospital. Like if he couldn't get it to stop at home, he'd be in the hospital, that Arvo. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it happened a couple of times. It' pretty scary. Yeah, yeah it's scary. 
Yeah, like I haven't had many issues. Well, I haven't had really any issues when I'm not exercising. So like I don't have like shortness of breath or the same sensation in my neck when I'm not running. The only time I felt something was Friday morning before the session. I was just having a coffee and some toast and I could feel my my heart was like the way I'd compare it is when you go fishing and you start to get like bites and you have that dun 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 dun, dun like that's what I had. That's what I sort of felt in in my chest uh, in the morning before I did the um before I did the session. But outside of that, I've I've had no symptoms. But uh, yeah, it's certainly scary. And it what I think I'll do between now and seeing the cardiologist is probably just dial back the sessions a little bit. Um. Because that's when it's scary for me is when I'm, you know, running pretty hard and then this happens. Like it's different if I'm just jogging. Um, I don't feel like it's it's quite as dangerous. Um, but it's also just, you know, what happens if, you know, if this happens during a race? Like your race is done. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah. I, I, all I hope is that when I see the cardiologist and if they put me through like a stress test, I'm on the treadmill, I hope it actually happens while I'm there or, you know, so I know what it is. Um, because I've been on a few runs, like this afternoon, for example, had no issues whatsoever. So. I think they can pick up problems even without it happening, though. Yeah, okay. Like during those tests, so they still find the root of 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 your um, yeah, like your your flare ups. Uh, I don't think you need to have like a an incident while you're you're getting mm. tested. And I think sometimes they give you like something to wear for like you know days at a time where yeah, it yeah. tracks your heart over like you know three days or whatever so yeah. anyway i'll know more in like a week and a half interesting um all right should we thank some patreons okay Do it. you can go first moose all right well i have Ro- romaine kassan so he's from paris he's ran um 3605 at last year's corrida de hughes who who will it? Oh, yeah. All right, Moose. Yeah. I like Cor- the accent. <laughs> That's no good. Uh, it was a 10K race. He ran 36.05. And according to Strava, has a half marathon PB of 89 minutes. Looks like he has spent time in St. Moritz. And I think he might be a motion graphic designer for Group TF1. He's also worked for Eurosport. Mm. Very cool. Romain Kassan. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. And who you got, Leanne? I have got Michael Berry from Elwood, Victoria. He's got a PD, 5K PB of 1840, uh, ran 87 minutes at the 2021 Sri Shimnoi Como Landing Half Marathon and has a marathon PB of 257 from this year's Tokyo Marathon. Um, Has a couple of kids, does a bit of skiing and is the managing director of products at Product Dynamics, they produce school planners. Mm, there you go. That's What's a school planner? Oh, like a di- school diary like sort a of diary? thing. diary? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Very a, specific. Never, like a, never like had, a, you never had one of those, Moose? Uh, no. Okay. Like a business diary, like a business plan, like a diary. Yeah. Like What's a school, it a school diary for? Well, writing like your homework and stuff. But what's it? how's it different from a normal diary? Mm, maybe they put like school events in there. Like notes. So, oh, yeah. Well, like, you know, like the cross country day is here or, you know, oh. school events as well as, yeah, just the date. Must be a private school thing, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I'm going to give a shout out to Oystenhoins Larsen from Norway. 
Um, looks like it used to be pretty serious in like CrossFit slash Spartan obstacle type races. Um, but I think he's retired from that as he's waiting on hip surgery. Has run 17.19 for 5K and 35.25 for 10K at the 2021 uh, Fly Plus Miller 10K, which was at a um, at an airport. Uh, yeah, so thank you for your support. I had a look at his Instagram. It's like, yeah, those just obstacles through mud. Um, yeah, no no good for people like me, Moose. Is he pretty buff? Too, too much too much upper body for me. He looks good then without a shirt on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thank you to those patrons and all patrons out there. Um, we've got a fair bit coming up. So Brady's actually recording, as we speak, the road to Gold Coast. Um, so they're all coming off 10K races. And this is – so it's going to be an eight-week season. Uh, and Brady's also going to catch up with Toby and Christian next week after Toby runs Great Ocean Road. And we'll have Christian uh, recapping his London Marathon. Hasn't he done that already? Uh, I don't know if he recapped. I don't know if he recapped the marathon oh, that I day. He did. Yeah, I reckon he did. Did he? Oh, maybe he did. Yeah. Anyway, Christian's. Oh, I, think uh, I think he did. Yeah. Well, more importantly, Christian's. This is the most unmotivated I've ever seen him in the time that I've known yeah. Christian. He seems real down in the dumps at the moment. But he's very flaky like that. He'll come back real quick. Like he, he's he's skittish. Yeah. He, he's uh. Yeah, how would you describe erratic in his emotions? I reckon. Yeah, nothing wrong with retiring a few times, Christian. Keep coming yeah. back. Just keep coming back, mate. Just make you got to announce it on a podcast a few times. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, all right. So running news. It was uh, actually a really quiet week. Couldn't find too much at all. But Moose, do you want to just talk us through UTA? UTA. So Ultra Trail Australia. This is used to be called the North Face 100. It's been running for a while now. Uh, it's uh, in the Blue Mountains, the 100K. I think you can round it to 100 croaks, even though it says 100.4. Surely the event doesn't call it 100.4. Yeah, no, when I clicked into the results, they have obviously it's 100K, 50K, and I think 22K, but then when you click on it, it actually gives you the so like the exact distance. To the 400 metres, yeah, over 100K. Yeah, it had it, yeah. That's how are they going to measure that? Yeah, properly? I don't know because there's, there's <laughs> stairs and stuff like that as well. <laughs> I'm sure, let's go, let's I'm, just call I'm it 100k. It 100K. All right. uh, it's got 4,400 meters of elevation. So if we break that down, let's consider that against your uh, 30k. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, so my, my 30, if, if we're basically putting my 30k in here, I'm going to have basically. I know, 1,200 metres, yeah, 1,200 metres of elevation versus 4,400. Yeah, Yeah. you're not. They are. They are, yeah. Yeah, you got, what, 500, and and I think you're 450, um, Leanne? Uh, Yeah, yeah. 30K, yeah. So you guys run pretty hilly. We run pretty hilly down here. That's like double that plus um, (laughs) for 30. So they're they're going fairly well. Uh, the times weren't super fast. We had a New Zealander with the men's, George Murray, in 9 hours 32, Mike Carroll, 9 hours 44, and oh, Piotr. Peter. Barbe- Peter. He's from Poland. Piotr. 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 Barbis Pol. I reckon he did it last year, Moose. I reckon you gave him a shout-out last year in the results. <laughs> I can't remember that. Um, Emily Gilmore-Walsh was the ladies' winner. In 11 hours 33, 
I reckon they've run so much faster than this in the past. Uh, Lucy Bartholomew was second in 11 hours 52, and Lou Clifton third, 12 hours 5 minutes. Remember the course changed last year, though, Moose, because of all the floods. Um, I know a lot of people were complaining that it was going to turn into just basically a 100K ro- like a road runner's course because yeah. they couldn't go into the valleys. I remember, but it's been going for so long now. Yeah. That it was only one or two years it's been like that. I, like they, I reckon Killian John A came here one year, and I I remember he was stopping at the aid stations. He was in front of everyone, and he would stop and wait for second to come, and just so he had someone to run with. <laughs> and then he would he would get so far in front he would stop and wait for him to catch up, and then he would go again. And he still ran really fast, like. Yeah, anyway, 50K, uh, 2,540 metres elevation. Blake Turner won in four hours 20. Charlie Hamilton, four hours 24. And Ben Duffus, four hours 37. A uh, Vietnamese lady won the women's. Ho Ha, Hao Ho Ha. Uh, Stephanie Austin was second, four hours 54. And Renee Cardinals from the Netherlands, four hours 54. Pretty international field. Mm. Yeah. In the 21.6, Brody Nancurvis. So last year, last week we talked about that race down at um, Dunkeld. And, you know, I said I was a minute ahead at the top of the 3K climb. Mm. And then I finished three minutes behind by the end. Yeah. This is the bloke who fucking knocked me off. Yeah. Yeah, So (laughs) he's run one hour 47 at the 21.6. And, um, he can go downhill. So I'm guessing there's a fair bit of downhill in this race. Uh, Max Taylor was second in one hour 49, and Billy Curtis, one hour 51. Lara Hamilton, first women, first woman, two hours five. Patricia McKibben, two hours 12, and Caitlin Fowles, two hours 14. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, shout out to both Charlie and Max. Um, they both fin- yeah, finished second. They're both sort of Canberra-based. You did a few sessions with them a couple of years ago. So, um, Leanne, a new yeah. 100K world record. Tell us about that. Yeah, I did see this, and I thought it's actually very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a new 100K world record by Alexander Sorokin. Um, he broke his own world record by six seconds, running six hours, five minutes, and 35 seconds, which is 3.39 per kilometre pace. Mm. What's that a marathon? Have we worked that out, going through the marathon? Uh, let me tell you. Yeah, you go work it out. So yeah, I, if you, <laughs> I think it's like three hours forty. I mean, two forty or something. But if you um, if you look at the Canberra fifty k and what what's that that that's one in around three hours most of the time, isn't it? So they've kind of doubled that here. Yeah. Well, and it, it would get exponentially harder surely once you go past fifty. Like. Oh yeah, and didn't he do it on like a little? Like just a small loop or something? Yeah, it was in his home country. So he's from Lithuania. And, yeah, it yeah. looked like it must have been on like a 2K loop or something. Yeah. Um, just... So Moose, 230, uh, 234 high for the yeah. marathon. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, mm, that's very good. Impressive. So he's run that, <laughs> what, twice and a bit, two, two and a half almost. Mm, yeah. Mm. Uh, all right, listen to question this week. Do we want the long run one or the favourite 5 and 10K sessions? What do you reckon, Moose? Oh, uh, long run one. All right. Should your long runs 
be done to time or for distance, i.e. 120 minutes or 22K? And that comes from Daz080 on Instagram. Mm, this is a good question. What right. are you, Leanne, let's let the guest answer <laughs> I'm probably not the best person <laughs> because um, don't listen to me, Daz, but I usually go for whatever comes. <laughs> so if... <laughs> If my coach says, uh, say, two-hour long run, if I haven't gotten to, like, 27K yet, I'll do 27K. So <laughs> I'm probably not – I generally round up to whatever gives me more. <laughs> yeah. So if you're, in, if you're in, like, hour, if you're at an hour 59 yeah. um, and you're at 28.3, you'll just keep going to 29 and finish? Yeah, probably, or I'll round it up to 30. <laughs> I'll go to 30, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to me. I <laughs> That's like if my coach gives me a, you know, easy run 35 to 40 minutes. We both know I'm doing 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's classic distance runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why even bother putting 35? I know, just ride 40. <laughs> um, I... I like distance for people that I know um, are going to be with our group or that run around the same pace as me because I can work it out better. But when you're sort of doing someone who runs a bit slower or a bit faster, I reckon it's easier to do time. Is mm. So if someone runs like, say you croaks, you run fucking real fast. If If I gave you a two-hour long run, well, for, for like – Someone who's running four and a half minutes a k versus you, which runs three fifty, you can do you can do like thirty k in two hours, and at thirty one k even. Whereas the other the other athletes run in twenty four k. So I think it depends a little bit on um, what you like. For me as a coach, I look and and I go, can I work out the 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 distance they'll get in the time that I give them? And if I if I can't do it automatically, then I give them a time. Like, I don't want them out there longer than two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah, I generally give time when I write programs for people as opposed to distance. The only time I'll put distance on is if they're doing, say, a session at the end of the long run. So I might say do an hour 45 or do two hours and then do two by 3K, you know, at marathon pace. Um, and I generally go by time even for myself. But you know, this weekend just gone was a perfect example. My plan was to run for two and a half hours. I didn't expect to run as fast as I did. And I would have probably gone, oh, yeah, if I get through 36K in two and a half hours, I would have been content with that. And then I got sort of 75 minutes in and I'm like, no, nah, feeling pretty good. I'll just keep rolling. I'm in the super blast and ended up with 38K. Probably, yeah. you know, 2K further than, um, you know, I, I probably planned to run. How many gels do you take? I took two on that. Only two? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll, yeah. I normally don't take any. Like, I'll, you know, I'll do 32K in, you know, four-minute Ks without any. And I definitely do feel like I'm starting to get depleted at that point, whereas this one, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to take the gels. But then I'll look back at a couple of my runs before Lake Biwa in the summer, and I was doing – I did basically the exact – I actually ran faster for 38K probably a month before Lake Biwa in the heat with nothing. You're like, yeah, 
um, which I don't know is whether it's beneficial or not. Like I definitely felt like when I was doing long runs without any fuel, my I got more efficient at them, but I'm not sure whether it's beneficial or not. Well, there is a fair movement away from that lately at the top end, and that's probably why Ali was so surprised to hear that you don't do that, um, mm. Leanne, because yeah. most of the dietitians like sort of advising you, you should be supplementing because of um, how quickly, how much more quickly you recover from the run, and um, mm. and then your training like performance for the following week will be a lot better. And yeah, there's it just seems like all the advice is is against that now. Croaks going yep. faster on those runs. I agree, and I feel like it's a bit of an old school mentality that mm. you go out do your long run, don't have any nutrition because. You know who knows what the marathons like were back were like back in the day. Like they probably weren't the aid stations like there are now. So yep. it was like do your long runs fasted, then come race day, if you get a little bit of nutrition, it's a bonus. And there's there's a bit of science around like the whole fat adaptation and and being more efficient at, at utilizing your fat stores if you're not supplementing on those long runs. Yeah. Uh, but I I think the the benefits of taking supplement or well we call it i guess our supplements right like taking gels or drinks or any type of sugar on those runs are um outweighing the 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 benefits of not yeah and we we know that when you race like there's an abundance of nutrition so you know you, you can take on as much nutrition as you want during a race so you may as well practice during training and yeah. i said to somebody yesterday if i'd race 38k I would have had five gels by that stage, and I only, only took two on the training run. Yeah. Obviously yeah. not Obviously not running at the same pace as I would race at, but, you know, it's still a lot less than I would take if I was racing. And in, in training your gut to, to handle that, that, that's a real thing as well. Like we know that you can your – your gut adapts to um, conditioning it to take carbs while it's under stress, so it gets better at it. So if you just wait until the last four or six weeks before the marathon, you're not giving it enough chance to adapt. So you have to start conditioning early. And and so we I always advise now we just take not as many as you would on race day. Like say you aim for 60, 80 grams of carbs an hour on race day. We might just go back to 25 to 30 during a, a training run. Um, but even just putting it in there, kind of letting your gut get used to it. And then as you get closer to the race, put more and more in until you kind of find your threshold. Yeah, well, I had, what, 60 grams yesterday. Um, Over two, two hours? And, two, two and a half hours. Yeah, okay. So, oh, that's not too bad. That's, what, like 15, 18 or something? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's not too bad. All right, moose on the loose. Oh, yeah. Like, I like Brady's getting more fired up than me lately. I'm going to go to um, practitioners that step out of their lane. I reckon I've done this before. I've, um, oh, I don't want to do it, though. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> All right. What have you purchased then this week? Oh, yeah, that's good. Get me out of jail there. Um, oh, fuck. What have I purchased? I mean, I booked trips to the Gold Coast. That was pretty fun. It's a business um, trip. We'll talk a bit more about that shortly. <laughs> Will we? Yep. Uh, oh, I've bought some stuff shortly. No, I haven't really. I've been so sensible. 
Um, bought some walking shoes. Do you know where I got them? Walking by the running company. It's um, been a good two weeks. We haven't really talked about that, have we? No. No, I've got nothing for you. I'm not no. angry at the moment. Disappointing. Oh, I got pretty pissed off, actually, at Ali. So she's come back from the time off after the um, trip, after, like, the trip, you know, London race, and she's done the dumbest session ever first back. So I gave her four by six minutes at threshold, and she wears a heart rate monitor. She's well aware of her threshold. But I think she's come back from this marathon, and she's thinking she's going a bit better than she actually is. So her first session back, she runs way too fast the first rep her heart rate's sky high but her ego does not let her slow down so second rep rips another fast one heart rate through the roof and from there it just gets worse and i'm like fuck me you're like going to the olympics how can you you're a coach imagine if your athlete did this that is just one of the dumbest things i've ever seen like someone do who's midway through the session knew she was doing a dumb thing and continue to do it. So, like, I, I was a bit annoyed at that. I thought she was she was very honest though in her Strava comments. Like yeah. she admit she admitted she'd stuffed up. I know. That's um, even that that makes it like yeah. you knew you were fucking up at the time, and you keep keep messing up. But it's quite refreshing in a way that you know he's an elite. Like so, she's relatable to the general public because you know we'll. It's no different to like me with my bloody heart thing. Like, like that was stupid, and it's probably oh, that's still a lot more dangerous than this. Yeah, and it's probably still <laughs> stupid to have gone out and run thirty-eight k at sub four-minute k's on Sunday and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's always easier to give people advice than it is to take it yourself, though. We know yeah. that. Yeah. Well, well, I'm I'm searching here. <laughs> I'm reaching. You've you put me on the spot. I don't normally have to do this. All right. Well, let let's go to what's coming up. So, Leanne, what um mm-hmm. what's coming up with you? Firstly like within the next week, but also what's your race schedule look like for the next, say, six months? Um, yeah, this week, so back to full week of training. Um, yeah, focus on quality this week. Um, and racing, my next race will be Launceston 10. Uh, I'm pretty excited for that. We're sort of, we want Launceston to be fast. Um, we've sort of thrown out the idea of if we can find a pacer, that would be nice. but um, I also think with Izzy and Lisa racing that we probably don't even need a pacer. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, so we're hoping for a fast one there. And then Gold Coast half, which I know pretty much, yeah, all our women are going to be racing Gold Coast half. So yeah. it should be a good race. And any more any more plans to race overseas um, during like our winter and European summer? Yeah, I'm going to see what comes up. Um, I think I'm a little bit, um, yeah, just go with the flow. Um, I wouldn't mind getting overseas. There is also uh, World Half, um, which I think is in September in Latvia. So I'd love to make that team. So that's sort of where Gold Coast Half comes into it. If I can run a fast half, try and, yeah. Not that, like, Athletics Australia hasn't really said much about World Half yet. Yeah, they haven't, um, have they? Sort of. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Is it on their um is it on their website? Like can you look at criteria and stuff? Um, I don't think they've got criteria. I think you can nominate, but I don't think the criteria um the event's still going. The, the event's like a the world road championship. So they've got a half marathon, 
a 5k and a one mile on the road so it's like a big festival weekend um that's what world half has turned into mm. um yeah so hopefully make the team for that yeah it's how that's a bit hard to nominate if you don't know criteria yeah like, well i'm assuming i'm just assuming that they're thinking of taking a team <laughs> yeah you'd think so i mean they have every other year yeah yeah Gee, they could put a good women's team together, real oh, strong. Yeah. yeah. What about but you, Moose? Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, that's September. World Champs is around then too, isn't it? Like the track World Champs, what, August? Uh, August, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's not time. much time, but yeah. So you could probably go some of the, like if you we – we won't have a lot in the on the track and the longer stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the 10K is still there as a hope to try and make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could do both really, couldn't you? That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> what do you got planned, Moose? Uh, I'm going to conference this week, so that's up in Melbourne. Um, pretty good agenda on conference. We sort of changed the format where now we, we, we check in with a lot of the uh, actual shoe developers in the US, like on the, um, on the coalface. They were actually developing the shoes over there. So we, we hear from them, their plans for the – for the season not just sort of 2024 but onwards uh so it's actually it's pretty good and then on friday head down to Groshen road marathon we've we've got a spot at the expo there teaming up with um, morton and we'll be yeah retailing there it's a big weekend so i've i'm going to be away from home from like wednesday through to sunday yeah very good um just a few other things it's going to be actually a busy week so next week we'll have heaps of running news because we've got the um yeah, Runaway Sydney Half Marathon's on, Great Ocean Road, uh, the 50th running of the City to Casino Fun Run in Hobart. Uh, and then from a podcast point of view, episode one of Road to Gold Coast with Ed Goddard, Reese Edwards and Brady. Uh, they've finished recording tonight, so that, that'll be out either tonight or first thing tomorrow morning. Um, Gold Coast live show, Moose, we're back. Yeah. So, but doing it a bit different this year. So last year we um, – we sorted out the venue and we sold a few tickets. But this year, thanks to Lululemon, it's going to be a free event. Uh, so tickets will be made available shortly, um, but patrons will be getting first bite of the cherry. Uh, but because it's a free event, we're not 100% sure if we'll make it to the general public, given that the um, their patrons get get first uh, first crack at it. So that'll be a bit of fun. Yeah, that looks that sounds fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be good up there. Um, yeah, nice Lululemon's looking after it for us and not, we don't have to uh, find the venue and, and sell tickets. Yeah. So um question came in from last week is uh, did Viv enjoy her time watching the budget? Um, yeah, so Viv, she's here right now. The budget, did you enjoy it? Because I mean, she, she got home last night. Uh, she got home from it and I went, How's the budget? Let me guess. You didn't understand anything they were saying. And she's like, yeah. She goes, but it was more like when you go to the football. It was more just like taking in the the atmosphere and what was actually happening as opposed to what they were saying. So it was more about the experience than what was being said. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Interesting. So did she give you any uh, specific examples from the budget? Uh, no. Did you ask her to make sure she was actually there? Yeah, she was there. She was there. You see her on yeah. TV? No, I didn't see her on TV. But she was very her. no, but she but when she was very excited because then when it was on the news the day after, she's like, "Oh, sitting up there." 
I'm like, well, I didn't see you there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sitting up there, weren't you? Prior at the back. Yeah, so no, I trust that she was there. So, um, all right, well, that's it for this episode. But um, thanks so much, Leanne, for, for coming on. Um, and because Brady's away for like eight weeks, we might look at getting you on again to uh, recap one of your normal training weeks and maybe after like Launceston 10. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, you'll hear yeah, a little bit more of an exciting week. And thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Hope I did a sufficient job. You did a great job. You're good. Um, yes, a lot of info. Yeah, and we'll have to try and catch up. I've been um, meaning to catch up with you and Aaron for like a midweek long run. I see that you guys run, you know, relatively early on a Wednesday. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't run as fast as you, but yeah, sure. <laughs> be uh, be good for me though, I reckon. Slow me down yeah. a bit. Not many do. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, and um, yeah, have a good week. We'll be back next week. Thanks. Enter the 2023 Gold Coast Marathon now and run your best race this July. 60% of runners achieve a PB at this event, and you can too. Head to goldcoastmarathon.com.au to enter now.